Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. So how about anytime you need to say no, you just mm-hmm. forward that person to me. Okay. And anytime I know that I should say yes, I'll send them to you. Okay. And we'll kind of balance things out that way. That's perfect. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm John R. Bray. And I'm Heather B. Armstrong. And today we're going to talk about running all over again. But it's different, so it's okay. At least, I think it's different. It's very different. And normally, uh, before we start recording, this is another one that doesn't have an outline, so we'll see how it goes. Um, And normally before we start recording, John and I catch up a little bit but I told him nope we're just gonna start recording because um there's a lot I have I have a lot to say and a lot to warn John about (laughs) right now which is great to hear he used to be very frightened because John has um agreed to run I don't think that John and I are going to be able to run together necessarily in this in the Chicago Marathon guess he's a lot faster than I am, but we are going to be running the Chicago Marathon in October for the nonprofit Every Mother Counts. I'm on the board of directors, and uh, they were looking around to have runners sign up um, to run and raise money for the cause, and I asked John if he'd be willing to do it since he lives so close to Chicago. I do, and it's a great cause, and great cause. we may end up running it together. I'm, I'm faster than you at very short distances, like... <laughs> Four miles. When we're multiplying that by six, I don't know. How fast can you run four miles? I can run four miles in 28 minutes. (laughs) I'm waving my middle finger at you right now. (laughs) Not necessarily every time. It depends on what I – if I just want to go out and and run and I'm looking more at time, then it's usually closer to 745 per mile. But if I'm going out with the intention of – you know, as fast as I can, it's around seven. Wow. I can't keep that pace for, uh, like even, even a half mile, not even, no way. But I think it'll, it will seriously plummet. Last time I ran eight, it was about an eight fifteen mile. So I think it's just going to go down and down and oh, down. Oh, it just plummeted to an eight fifteen well, but mile. <laughs> but if it goes from, you know, four miles at seven, like I, I added on a minute and 15 seconds to my time. I, as you train, you'll see that it won't it won't plummet that much as you as your body gets used to the distances. You mean to the pain? Yes, the yeah, yes, the pain. Uh, I'm tell you right now. So I, so I just completed the Boston Marathon on Monday, and we are recording this episode on Thursday. And oh, oh my God, I'm so swollen. <sighs> like every part of my body. I don't know what's going on, and I'm Googling everything I can, and I may need to go to the doctor. 
<laughs> I'm serious. Googling like is may... not a good solution for any sort of medical condition. Well, it's though. something is happening. I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning. It's three days after the race. I woke up this morning and I looked like I was 18 months pregnant. I'm not kidding. And my legs are swollen. My ankles are swollen. My toes are swollen. Like my arms, my whole torso is just. I could look like a giant sausage right now. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Like it's supposed to happen like the day after the race, but three days after, like something something is happening to my body. Well, I think it is the fact that there was probably serious adrenaline after the race. Yes, and you were in you know the presence of some amazing runners, and you were like, it, "I got this. It's all good." <laughs> well, what the and, and in the crowds? Absolutely, yeah. The crowds along the Boston route are just in insanely amazing, so supportive and. And because I felt so good having trained, um, I never really reached a point in the race where I was like, I'm going to quit. <laughs> well, actually. So. so Maybe once or twice. <laughs> it was so hot. And in the days leading up to the race, people were like, oh, it's going to be a hot one. And I looked at the, the weather app and it was like 62 degrees, 64. I'm like, these people are what pansies. Come on, it's only going to be, that's not hot. And then the race day, it had to have been in the low 70s. There was not a cloud in the sky. The sun was just beating down and it felt like, it felt like it was about 90 degrees. And we're standing in the, we're standing in the the corral to, about to begin the race. And I was like, I don't have a good feeling about this at all. (laughs) And I have to get someone to the finish line. And and so we we took off. And at about mile four, I had a panic attack, like a full-on panic attack where I was like, I'm not going to be able to finish this because of this heat. I am not trained to run in this kind of heat. And I was like, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? How do I? Uh... And so... I I normally schedule out um, what I eat during marathons to a very, very specific way. But at that point, I was just I took a goo out of my little fanny pack and and shot it back. And within about a mile, I started to feel better. And then by mile about eight, I was like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to be able to finish the race. And then actually it got better and better and better from there. But (laughs) there's always a but this is not fair. Um. There, what would what, what, so? This is really, really great advice that Simon, um, the guy who I guided, um, he gave me some really amazing advice about running long distances. Is you start, you take your first goo or whatever at about uh, six miles in or so, and then every fifteen minutes after that, you throw back a shot block. It's a shot block, yes. Every fifteen minutes. What's a shot block? It's basically candy. It's it's like a, a gummy bear in in a square form. It's it either has like added sodium. It's got it's tons of sugar, and that way you've got a constant like source of sugar in your in your body. So you, there's never a dip in energy. Okay. It was really good advice on his part because there's only like once or twice where I had forgotten to take it. In in that once or twice moment, I was like, oh no. What did I get John into? <laughs> Great. That's so that's so encouraging. Well, this is the thing though, is that it was hot for everybody. Like everybody's time was about twenty or thirty minutes past what they normally run. And everybody was like, Oh man, that was really hard. And so everybody, like all of the major runners, everybody that I talked to was like, Man, like it was we didn't know if we were gonna make it to the end. Everybody was like that. Well, so I think that probably explains some of your 
physical reactions now. Yeah. If it was rough on on everybody there, I mean, the people that have never run, the people that run frequently, it's probably just the body's way of being angry <laughs> at you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I had, like, three deadlines this morning, and I've got two tomorrow. And people are like, why are you sitting upright? <laughs> why are you not lying down? And I'm like, because I have work to do. But, like, but you ran a marathon. Take off the rest of the week. And I'm like, I, that's not really an option. That's, you know, and I got kids to take care of. Well, and, you know, Simon, who you led, I mean, I think we've we've mentioned him before. And maybe it's worth mentioning now that we will be having him on a future episode because we think his perspective on parenting, though he's not a single parent, he is legally blind, would be fascinating to have um, Yes, on the show. So we will have him on. But, you know, people are asking you why you're not laying down, but is it is it next week? I mean, the week after the Boston Marathon, he's running 250 miles through the desert on his own? Well, it's 160 miles. It's 250 kilometers. 250 kilometers, okay. It, so that's like not a, a big deal then, I guess. It's I not could a probably, big deal. I could probably do that. In the desert. Yeah. And uh, he has actually been training, like he said, he did, he, did, he put this setup in his house where he's got a treadmill and he's got space heaters all around him to try to get used to the heat. And oh, it sounds like <laughs> just absolute hell. Are you kidding me? Oh, man. <laughs> I said, what? Why are you doing this again? And he's like, to break a record. Of course I'm doing it. That's right. He's but a Brit, he, right? Yes. Okay. He even at mile four was like, man, this heat is not good. He even said that. So if he's been training with space heaters, like I didn't feel so – that kind of actually gave me a boost because like, oh, oh, it's not just me. So is it humidity though? I think that's what it is, okay. is that like 62 degrees in Salt Lake is very different than 62 degrees in Boston. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so he's going to be running across the desert unguided. He's he's using a lot of technology and yeah, basically the first four or five days you run a marathon each day and then the last day you run 55 miles. <sighs> Which sounds like a blast. And he has to carry all of his food for seven days on him. Do they camp? What are they? They set up basically a quote-unquote tent. It's basically all it has is a covering. I don't think it has sides. And he said that sometimes they aren't able to set up the tent. So you're actually out sleeping in the middle of the desert. Wow. And you hope you don't get eaten by something, I think. Wow. But yeah, he said that his his major concern is the sand, like running in sand. Oh yeah, they're not running on road; they're running in sand. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that that's what I want to know. But it's it's funny. I think you know. So this isn't this is another running episode. But I think from my perspective, having never run a marathon and knowing that I will be running one, I think this is more about saying yes and taking chances. And pushing yourself and knowing when you can't. You know, I, I sort of decided at the start of this year that 2016 would be the year that I said yes to as many things as I could. Really? Because 2015 was a terrible year. And I just, you know, it, it can't hurt, I guess, was sort of the way. And and not not any weird things, but things that I would normally say no to because it's easier. I'm just saying yes. Like run, running a marathon. No... <laughs> No still sounds like a great option to me right now. <laughs> but, I mean, it's something I've been running for a year. It's something that I can aim for. I mean, it's something that, that I can show 
Lexton that I'm preparing for, that I'm putting in the time to do it, that it's for a good cause. It's something I never thought I would do, but I'm going to give it a shot. And I think from his perspective, that's important. I think that's a that's a really good way to approach this year. I mean, I I probably say yes. I actually have to work on saying no. But saying yes has completely transformed my life by the experiences that it has opened up to me. And even even this this doing this race in Boston, saying yes to preparing and, and dedicating myself and all the time it took, I Simon is an incredible human being. I mean, not only is he um, is he running marathon blind, and is he gonna he's gonna run in the desert blind? But he is the the kindest, most generous, and hysterical person. Like I, I feel like I met like the 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 cosmos, the cosmos. <laughs> did I just say that? You, you did. Wow. It's like I feel like it was just it just it was phenomenal to meet him, and then I met his friends, and I spent the weekend with him and his friends, and it's like this new family that I have, and I was like I, I met these amazing people, and I got to to the, the this incredible experience because I said yes to doing this. No, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work, John. No, it wasn't. <laughs> nope. It was easy. Really easy. That is what I'm choosing to believe. You know, someone once told me that when you're running and you add on, I don't know, two miles or something, you can do anything for another 10 minutes. <laughs> so I figure you multiply that theory by... 20 or 30 and it's pretty attainable it's what you do you you, like on my longer runs when i when i did 16 miles i broke it up into four segments okay i just did four let's do the second one okay now let's do the third one okay now let's do the last one it's and and it it is sort of it's, it's a metaphor for a lot of really challenging things in life you know it's you know there's a lot of it's like okay let's just break this up into smaller parts so that because the whole thinking of it, thinking of it as a whole is just insurmountable. You, I don't think you can even fully. I mean, even even when I sit at home and I think, well, if I were to run twenty six miles, where would I go? I I don't even know of a destination to name. I can name places that are farther away, places that are closer, but it's it's not really a distance that you can wrap your head around. No. But if I say I'm going to run four, and then I'm going to run another four, and then I'm going to run two. I think that that's easier. I mean, anytime I run, I think of it in in percents. I'm like, I am 10% done. That means I have 90% left to go. And for some reason, I'm always between between percents and fractions, I'm always able to make it seem not so bad, mm-hmm. even though I know I'm lying to myself <laughs> the whole time. I'm like, yeah, no, this is still really terrible. But it makes it seem better. I guess. Makes it seem more doable, I think. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, I guess it doesn't make it seem better, but it does make it seem more attainable. Yeah. And to your point about setting an, an, an example for, for Lexton, he's probably more, he may be more susceptible to that influence. Um, I finished the race and my kids were with, were here with my babysitter and the babysitter texted me and she says, I see that you finished and the kids are here if you want to call. So I called and they had just that moment gotten home from school. And I said, Lita, Lita, you know, I, I finished the race. And she's like, great. Can I have a sleepover this weekend? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Okay. but I, I th- I'm not kidding. <laughs> but I think it's like at the, in the moment, maybe it doesn't matter. She doesn't really care. 
but it's like it's a seed that you've planted. I feel like it makes the things that she will do, you know, in a month or a year or five years that are maybe these big, seemingly impossible tasks, like she remembers those things. I hope so. I actually did an interview this morning for an, an article, and they were asking me about, in terms of business, what what I learned from, did I, what, the most important thing about business that I learned from my mom, and then what I most want my kids to know. And I really do hope that, like, she sees the sacrifice that it is to give up three hours of my time to go do a 20 mile run and you know the the aching afterwards and then but working toward a goal I'm hoping that she sees the because I'm really I just want to show her I just really want to show her how hard work pays off I just want to talk about it I feel like that's something that you won't know if you're doing for years I, I think I I just think that you know, and and you have girls, so I think it's probably even earlier. But I think through the teens, you don't really see any of that appreciation. Not that not that it's the opposite, but you don't really see it until later, and then you realize you're like, oh yeah, I did that. Mm-hmm. Theoretically, either that or I'm just clinging on to that sense of hope, and in reality, it's not making any difference at all. I've got to believe because I really do. I tell my mom all the time, you know, how much her example is the reason that I do what I do and work so hard is because I saw her working so hard. My mom started out as a basic manager in Avon, like at the smallest level of managing and worked her way up to become the the regional director of the entire Western United States for Avon. Wow. I watched her do that. And I remember going to a Christmas party that she threw uh, she she threw the party and it was in L.A. when I was living in L.A. And she invited me to come along just to meet the people that were under her. And she's throwing this huge Christmas party for these women and celebrating their successes throughout the year. And my mom, like it was the most incredible thing to watch. She made every single person in that room feel like they were the most important person in the room. It was incredible to watch my mom do it. And like I, st- I tell her all the time, like I will never forget watching her do that and the effect that it has had on me and the way that I conduct my- try to conduct myself business-wise. People are like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you try to conduct yourself that way? Really? It's not working. <laughs> but do you think that she knew she was having that effect on you? At the time. And I, I, she probably didn't even think about it because I was, you know, I was grown. I was 25 years old and I had a, a, a well-paying job. But but that, like, has so influenced every way that I have conducted my own business going forward from that day. I don't think she was even thinking about it. Right. Or maybe she was. I mean, like you. You know, you're thinking about it. But, you know, Lita may not realize that you're thinking about it. Yeah. And it may not be top of mind for her either, but it's like it's buried somewhere, like waiting for that moment to come out. Mm -hmm. Because I don't even know if that's a lesson that either Lita or Lexton or I think definitely not Marlo because of her age can really appreciate yet. Yet. I think they will. I hope that they will, but I don't think they can yet. I mean, if Lexton sees you working, doesn't he? Oh, all the time. Yeah. And, And my kids, you know, will have the memory of coming home from school and running downstairs and seeing me at my desk and giving me a hug, knowing that, you know, I'm working downstairs. They have, they will have that memory and knowing that I'm, you know, constantly, 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 constantly working. Hopefully it's not a bad memory. No, I mean, I think it, I think it's, it's a real memory. 
I mean, it is, it's life. It's, it's what we have to be doing. And I feel like we're balancing it as well as we can, I guess, for, you know, all things considered. Yes. I think absolutely everything that you do, even things that maybe, you know, our kids don't see, they will see it in some form or fashion at some point in their life. I mean, you, I feel like you have, you constantly have to conduct yourself and do things as if your children are watching, as weird as that sounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I just want him to see that despite the fact that, you know, maybe I'm doing this alone, despite the fact that I'm doing it alone and working full time for myself and I'm going to run a marathon, you know, that I, I have a positive attitude about it. Yes. That I don't sit around and grumble about it, that I don't complain. I mean, I routinely will tell him, and like this, this right here or this thing that I'm doing, I hate doing this, but I'm doing it because I know that when I'm done, I can do something I like to do, you know, and I'm not going to have a bad attitude about it because I feel like that will impact what I like to do down the road. Yes. You know, and it, it's all an example, you know, and we all choose to spend our time how we choose to spend it and we all choose to carry ourselves how we choose to carry ourselves. And I think, you know, maybe there's times where we're stretched really thin, like most of the times. Mm-hmm. But it's how we do it that I think makes the biggest difference. Yeah, Lita will sometimes say, how was your day? Did you get a lot of work done? <laughs> she says that to me. Did you meet your deadlines? Because I'm always saying, well, I had, I had a lot of work. I got a lot, I got, I've got a lot of work to do. So, yeah, I can't, I can't go do that right now because i got a lot of work to do. And um, so she's like, she's, she's adopted the language. Do you have a lot of work to do? Do you have a lot of deadlines? <laughs> she knows. But it, like that, like she... So even though maybe talking to her, you don't get quite the same response. Maybe it's, okay, great. You've got 10 deadlines, but I want to have a sleepover. Yes. But she hears it. She hears it. Like it is, it is kind of breaking through, mm-hmm. you know, and, and with, with Lexton, I haven't, I haven't told him that I'm running the marathon yet because I think he will ask me so often about it that it will make it this looming thing and that will just scare me. But he asked me once, he said, are you, like two weeks ago, he said, are, are you going to run a marathon or run a race this year? I said, yeah, maybe. And he stopped. He goes, why would you want to do that? <laughs> like, oh, thank you for the encouragement. That's, that is excellent. And he, he, and he was totally serious. He wasn't even being negative about it. It was just like, what, what would ever make you want to do that? You know, and I said, it's because right now I run just to run, just for me. And I want to to have a goal at the end. I want to try and do something. And I, I think I, I said it was something like saving money. You know, you can always save money, but if you have, you know, you want to buy this thing, then you have a goal. And I think he got it, but, you know, there's no pain to saving money. So it's a little bit different. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
we were all sitting around this week and going, why do we do this again? (laughs) (laughs) Like to Simon, one of his big toes, I have two toenails that are hanging on. They're hanging on. Still there. Uh, And you're supposed to let them fall because you never want to yank the toenail out. Yeah. You lose toenails when you run long distances sometimes. Sometimes. So it's not a guarantee. People will keep saying to me, well, if you had the right shoe, I'm like, no, I have a really, I have really long toes. There is no right shoe. I have tried them. I have tried. I actually had them professionally. Like I went to a running store and I ran on a treadmill and they, I tried on several different pairs of shoes and came out with like the right combination of what was best for my foot. And they have, it's the best shoe I've ever run in by far, but there's two toenails that are eventually going to fall off. And, uh, his big toe, (laughs) his big toe nail is going to fall off at some point. He's like, probably in the middle of the desert, he's going to lose his toenail on the sand oh but what was really funny is when i interviewed him for my website he said you know you always get to a certain point in the race where you're like why do i do this why am i doing this again like this sucks and uh he he's gotta so he's gotta be prepared to, to do this desert race and he's got a really he's got some something something is going on with his it band on his left side so at about mile the hills, the, the the infamous Boston Hills start, I think, at around 17 miles. And we hit that first hill and he just, like, it's like he hit a wall. And he he's like, you guys, I'm, I have to walk these because I've got to be in top shape for the desert. And my IT band is, it's like, is excruciating. He, he, he was hiding the pain a little bit. He was try, trying to hide the pain from us. And so, because um, we ran with an, an, another woman named Nicole and so we walked, we would walk the hills and then we would run a little bit and then we would walk and then run and then walk and then run. And at mile 21 is like at the end of the hills, but there's still actually from mile 21 to mile 26, there's still a few hills in there. And he was mad. <laughs> <laughs> we had reached that point in the race where he was like, he's like, I'm going to shove, he's like, I'm going to shove this pretzel in someone's eye if they tell me to keep going. <laughs> And we passed, we passed uh, some woman who was sitting on to, on to on the side of the uh, of the race, and she, I heard her. I overheard as we were running by her. She was like, "My feet hurt," and she's sitting there. Oh come on! <laughs> and I said, "I'll be right back, you guys. I gotta go murder somebody." <laughs> that's that's not what you say at any point in the race. No, but I will say this though: is it was tough. It's it's always tough. You know, your your entire body is screaming at you to stop. <laughs> great T- taking notes here this is gonna be take, awesome take, take notes your entire body is just like what are you just stop please stop like please stop this it's so painful and it's a it's a mental game you just have to override it i was composing some philosophical poetry at about mile eight i was like what is pain what is what is pain really it's just a word that we've given to something the word pain actually doesn't mean anything just to try to like convince yourself my feet were hurting and my legs were hurting. And then you just you distract yourself enough that you stop thinking about it. You, you get to those last couple of miles. I really do think the last six miles of a marathon, the, the miles are longer. <laughs> well, that's just because you're crawling. That's, that's what I'll be doing. <laughs> so I really, really I will never forget this this memory. I will, like, And this is about saying yes to things. 
because right there at the end, you kind of do this turn and you come up onto Boylston Street in Boston. You take a very hard left to get onto Boylston and you're at the end of the road and all the way in the distance, you can see the finish line. How many miles out is it from there? I th- Not even a half mile. Not even. Oh, okay. It's like running into a stadium of people who are all there for you, just cheering and screaming and like a wall of screaming people on both sides. And... I I knew that my mom was at home tracking me and I knew that several friends were tracking me and I knew that some of my audience was tracking me. Oh man, I saw that finish line and I'm going to cry about it right now. Like I, t- I had been wearing sunglasses the entire race and I took off the sunglasses because my, the tears, the tears in my <laughs> this is so dramatic. <laughs> the tears in my eyes were, were starting to well up inside the sunglasses. I started bawling, like cr- happy crying like the whole way down to the finish line, knowing that I had spent the last 18 weeks punishing my body. Just it was like this culmination of all of this work and cross the finish line. And I just sobbed. It's a memory that I will not ever like. It's it's a memory that I'll think about all the time about I, I this is something that I accomplished. And what an amazing way to finish. Well, I think it's such an interesting environment too. Mm-hmm. just a marathons and half marathons i've i've never actually been to watch a marathon i've watched several half marathons and i think it's it's interesting because it's such an individual pursuit but at the same time it's not there's so many people that volunteer i mean the people that stand there i mean there's so many people that stand there and cheer that might Mm -hmm. not even know a single person running it yes but they go just to cheer and and you know you could say the same thing about a football game or or a baseball game but everyone that's getting cheered for at a sporting event is being paid (laughs) to be there and and i'm not faulting them for that but i mean the people a lot of people in marathons they're raising money for a cause they paid to be there yes like they're choosing to go through that and people go and cheer and i feel like it's such a unique connection and i i've cheered for people and you you feel like I mean, I've, I haven't run one, so maybe this is incorrect. But even cheering, I feel like I make a difference. Oh. Like, I feel like it matters. It really does. It, it really does. And like, and, and especially my friend Casey, actually, she was supposed to meet me at the, at the finish line, but she missed me. <laughs> Hi, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> and, but she came to my hotel afterwards just to hang out for a little bit. And she looked at me and she's like, you do realize that this is a big deal. Like, this is Boston. And I was like, yeah, well, I know it's a big deal. She goes, no, 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 This is a big deal. Like, every single person in Boston who grew up in Boston has a memory of going to the marathon and handing out oranges or cheering for people. Like, it's a day off in Boston. It's Patriots Day. They really? take Yeah. Wow. So they basically take their day off and they go down and they cheer for people they do not know. And and it was really profound to think about that. And you're right about all the volunteers and all the people who had to make this thing work. And for us to run it is is a really beautiful thing to think about. You're totally right about that. It's not, it felt solitary in the training because there I am logging all of this, all of these miles alone. But wow, running, running with someone and knowing knowing that they were in the same kind of pain and enduring the same experience you just 
it can't re- you can't replicate that. Well, it goes back to solo solidarity. Solo I mean, solidarity. You're you are alone together in some ways. I mean, the city streets close. Yes, I mean, it, it's such a big thing. It's huge. I actually met this couple. Um, every mother counts was there. Christy Charlington. Oh, so there's there's this story. <laughs> um, I'm on the board of directors for Every Mother Counts, uh, an organization that was founded by Christy Turlington Burns. And I became friends with Christy through Twitter. And actually, she became friends with Scott Jurek, the ultra marathoner, through Twitter as well. We we talked about this at the Apple Store. We held a, a, a Q&A about running for a cause. And Scott Jurek was in Boston because he's an ambassador for Cliff. Cliff bars and whatnot. And he he did not plan to run the actual race. He was taking some time off. But Cliff had a bib number for him if he wanted to run, just in case. This, this, I, Scott, if you ever hear this, I'm sure you're an amazing human being. But I just have to interrupt because I think I sent you, he posted on Instagram about this. Yes. I think it was, I think it was an after the fact photo. I'm not exactly sure. But what caught me is that and I I know he's a runner. I get it. But his his caption was like, "Ah, you know, I wasn't going to run it, but I just, just decided to run it last minute." And I'm I'm reading it and like looking at the photo, I'm like, "How how do you decide to do that last minute?" Like it's nothing. That would be like me saying, "I wasn't really going to drink coffee, but I got a cup anyway." <laughs> But you ran 26 points. I can't even – it mm-hmm. just – it blows my mind that that's even possible to not plan it and just, ah, uh, what the hell. You know, I'm going to – this is going to hurt, but Scott Jurek is one of the most amazing individuals that has lived on earth. He is the kindest. He, The man possesses zero ounces of ego. No, there is not an ego on that man. None. Zero. And Which, and I didn't get that from the caption at all. I'm just like I'm just so amazed that it's even physically possible to just all of a sudden be like, yeah, right, fine. Yeah, he had actually he ran a one. It's called the Western States. He ran a hundred mile race, hundred fifty mile race. Won it, and then a week later he ran this race called Badwater, which is through Death Valley. And one, not only did he win that one, he said that he set a record. Come on. <laughs> Uh, no, he, he is just the most incredible, incredible human being. And I mean, so is Christy. And after the event at the Apple store, I, I overheard him say to her, like, listen, they gave me a bib. And if you if you want someone to run with, just let me know. I know I know Scott's wife, Jenny. And Jenny was like, I don't know, man, like he's not it would be hard for him to run, you know, it would be very hard for him to run, I think, tomorrow. He's probably not going to do it. And then, <laughs> and then, of course, he, of course he did. Of course he did. And then to see it, it's just like, wow, like that's a, it's, that's really inspiring. And he was smiling mm-hmm. in the photo. I don't care if it was before or after. I would, I would be just like in fetal position. Okay, here, here we go. That's going to be the photo that I post before and after Chicago is me in fetal position, probably <laughs> crying both times. I, oh, I can't even. Have you read the book Born to Run? No, I okay, have not. You need to read the book. And he is the, he, he, he the, the author actually writes a, a, quite a bit about Scott in the book. But 
Born to Run, it's all about getting back to the fun of it. Like, you know, when you run around when you're, when you're a kid, you don't even think about the, you know, it's not painful when you're a kid and you're running around. You don't think about that. You run because it's fun. Scott is the embodiment of that. The man smiles the entire time he's running. Like he probably smiled the entire 26.2 miles. And I'm sure his face doesn't even hurt from smiling. <laughs> My but face I, would hurt. I can't even, it's fun. Every time I've run more than four miles and it, that hasn't happened a lot six and eight a few times and every time i hit just past four the entire conversation i have silently with myself is oh man i'm not a distance runner I'm really not a distance runner don't know why i'm doing this i'm not a distance runner but i just i push through it to you know six or eight to an extra couple miles mm-hmm. and it's not that i dis like running it i guess i haven't cleared that that mental hurdle because as a kid you don't think about it. You don't think about what you're doing. You just do it. Right. You just do it. Right. But as an adult, you totally process it. Like, wow, I am I am running and I keep running and I know I have to run a lot farther. And it just it's a mental game. When when I ran in 2011 to New York, after mile 17, I wanted to die every single step that I took. <laughs> <laughs> I really just I would I would have rather been dead. I wanted to die. It was awful from 17 all the way on. In this race, because I was there, I think there was a couple of reasons. One, I was very, very, very well-fueled um, and very well-trained. And two, I'm there for Simon. And three, like we were not concerned about finishing at a certain time at all. And taking away that concern of like, I want to a personal best or I want to finish under five hours or any of that, something about taking away that pressure I was like, this is amazing. This is amazing. Like, and at mile 17, mile to 18, mile 19, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, it was the strangest sensation for me to be thinking that 19 miles into it. I feel like then I might be okay because honestly, my thought process throughout every one of those miles will probably be as long as I don't die before I get there. <laughs> this was a success. I know that's a low bar, but I. I don't know. I'm not, and I'm not even concerned about the weather because I run outside in the Chicagoland area and it's either 30 and snowing or it's 90 and humid and there's not a breeze or it's 40 mile an hour winds, but it's the, it's the distance. And Mm -hmm. I have to say, and I know that I am single and wildly appealing already, (laughs) but I also happen to sweat violently when I run. I mean, violently, violently. I don't know how you see people out. I mean, I will be running and there are people that I can kind of guess how long they've, they've been out for that particular run because I'll see them on a particular circuit. And I look, I'm like, how, how are you not, how are you not sweating at all? I I feel like I'm just pouring sweat. Like, I don't even know if I had that much water that particular day. So then when I multiply that out over 26 miles, it's, no one is going to want to see me at all, period. I mean, it will be horrific. So one, so a couple of things about that. that. That means you are a very well, whale. <laughs> very whale. You are a very well, um, this is, my trainer says this to me because I, I sweat, I sweat pretty bad as well. But violently though, violently. Okay, just good. Sh- it's like it's like rockets like shooting, shooting out. out at other people. Yeah, me too. Well, I'm I'm covered in salt whenever I run more than twelve miles. Covered in salt. It just means that your body's really efficient at cooling off. So take that as you you know your your body's doing its job. 
this is what we're, we're going to need to have Lexton or somebody stationed. Somebody needs to be with him stationed out there. I mean, you could have Heather out there cheering us on if you want to. <laughs> yeah. If she doesn't have to know I'm running it, that would that would also be just fine. Um, let's talk about our exes. How about that? <laughs> um, if you have, you have to. What's really great about the people cheering is, is especially if you know that someone that you know is going to be at a certain like mileage marker. It's something to look forward to in the race, and with without fail when like and Simon and I talked about this after the race some of the most touching moments you know as touching as seeing the the finish line are the people who are like there's mom there's mom and the mom just breaks down and is like you guys made it we saw each other and they're they're hugging and they're screaming and it's like the most emotional it's it's a beautiful moment and if you have that to look forward to okay, I'm going to see Lexton at mile 16 or I'm going to see Lexton at mile 17. What The shot of adrenaline that it gives you to see his face and to, for him to see you running will be magical, without a doubt. Well, that's good. I'll have to place him somewhere way down, way down the path. <laughs> because if it's too soon, that, that'll fade and then I'll, I'll just crash. I had no one stationed along uh in in boston and no close friends right you had some people who i think were going to be there yes maybe didn't know you or you didn't necessarily know them but they knew you from yes yes and that was phenomenal those those people like i saw a couple of people who had signs and then i saw people who were yelling deuce and simon that was amazing thank you guys so much if you're listening to this like it the the jolt that it gave me was was incredible that that, that's part of what carried me to the end and i saw a few of those photos even pop up i think on twitter like spotted yeah and then i can see the two of you and that was pretty cool we we were a pretty tall team actually too simon's pretty tall and there was a friend that i have in boston and i i didn't have anybody stationed at a certain mile marker is what what i meant but i was running and all of a sudden i hear heather i look over and it's this friend who actually i ran the marathon with in 2011 and when I saw her, like, I had to hold back the sobbing. And I was like, Simon, I know I'm your guy, but I'll be right back. <laughs> Did you? Because <laughs> <laughs> I ran. I ran across. It, there's, it, it's, it's, it, first of all, it doesn't ever thin out. There are so many people. And so I had to, like, dodge. It was a, fro- a game of Frogger over to the side of the road. And I, it's kind of on a downhill. And I almost, she's holding her baby. And I almost took her out. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy to see her and hug her and like the baby's like what is going on and then I like made a mad dash back to Simon but what the the camaraderie of that is just yeah you're gonna we're we're gonna have Lexton cheering us on somewhere for sure yes absolutely and anybody else I'll 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 try to find someone I know in Chicago I'll I'll bring out the Chicago crowds so that they can all cheer with signs Okay. I just I it is important to me that he sees because I think it is it is a matter of saying yes. You know, and part of that part of that decision for me was that I think anytime you say yes, even if you say yes maybe too much, there's regrets. And there's also regrets anytime you say no. Mm-hmm. But there are a very different set of regrets. And I it's it's time to change that set of regrets. <laughs> you know, I'd rather I'm just at a point where I'd rather say yes to to too much. And find myself spread too thin for the right reasons, mm-hmm. and have to cope with that. Then say no to everything, and then realize that uh, eventually I'm not going to have anything to say no to because people will stop asking, things will stop coming up. Mm-hmm. 
you and I are a very different point in that. <laughs> for me, it's like, oh, I am spread, spread way too thin and they're all for the right reasons, but I'm going to hit a place of burnout that's not good. So how about anytime you need to say no, you just mm-hmm. forward that person to me. Okay. And anytime I know that I should say yes, I'll send them to you. Okay. And we'll kind of balance things out that way. That's perfect. I will be your no man. I'm going to send you over to John. He's got a he's got a two-letter word for you. It could work. And, and maybe that's part of it, you know, saying yes more often to the right the right people, people doing the right thing. And I promise you, listen, if you follow just the basic plan, the mileage as you work up to the mileage, your body naturally responds to the slow ramp up. I promise you. I promise you. By swelling? <laughs> no. And just swells gradually. Yeah, I got to figure out what's going on. But... um. Because that is the longest distance. I have not run 26.2 miles in all of the training. And in fact, the longest distance in my training was only 20 miles. That's it? It's weak. <laughs> Murder. Murder, John. <laughs> I dread that. And also in Boston, some of these things they keep coming to me. They know what they're doing in Boston. They're really good um, at that race, man. They have mile markers, you know, at every mile. And you pass, you pass 25. And then... Point two miles later, there's a big sign that says one mile from here, which was awesome because... So you know you're on your last mile. Yeah. Um, I, I don't remember seeing a sign like that in New York. And so at mile 25, you think, oh, I just have one more mile to go. That's it. And that last point two, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's excruciating. It just doesn't end. And also, <laughs> no... I was telling you earlier about like the finish line. So there we are, you know, we're about 150 yards maybe from the finish line in Boston. And I'm so happy. Like I have my hands in the air and I'm crying and all of a sudden I feel terrible about laughing about this now. (laughs) There was a woman to my left and she had, she had taken out her phone, I think maybe to take a photo. Like she was running? Yeah. Okay. And tripped. And oh no. And she was going she was going at a really 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 steady pace and went down hard. Like I mean, I think I heard her skull oh, bounce no. on the asphalt. It was just like don't text and, and run at the same time. Oh yeah. And afterwards, I was like, "Simon, can you believe that woman who fell?" And he was just like, "Yeah, it's just too bad that she tripped." And I said, "No, she she'd taken her phone out." He goes, he was like are you serious it wasn't just because she was tired it's because she was like yeah she got a little distracted with her phone and he just shook his head he was like oh (laughs) right there 150 yards from the end she's and i'm i'm sure that her face is like stitched nine ways to jesus right now yeah oh yeah i mean i i feel bad if it was really a matter of i i gotta take a selfie to remember this then you probably could have waited 150 yards or however far it was, but oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I did not take any photos along the way. I was too, it was, it was, a, I was, first of all, I had Simon and I had to make sure that he, like we would stop at the water stations and the water stations, by the way, are really, really dangerous because people throw their cups down and you can totally trip on the debris and it gets really crowded. So I did not take any photos along the way, but I had a job to do. So And you did it. I did. I guess the moral of of this particular story is say yes more often, say no more often, and torture yourself. Mm -hmm, What you're going to do. 
Right. Mm-hmm. But really, from from the perspective of being a parent, it's finding a goal and achieving that goal. And you don't you don't have to run a marathon to do that. There's infinite number of ways to do that and to show your kids, you know, despite there being odds, this is what I want to do and this is what I'm going to do and I'm going to see it to completion. And at least from my perspective, that's huge for me with this particular endeavor. Mm-hmm. It's just saying, this is what I'm going to do. This is a, a bigger run than I've ever done in my entire life, but I'm doing it for a good reason and I want to push myself. And I think that's important. It is. People were asking me all weekend, like, are your kids going to track you? And I was like, no. <laughs> no. First of all, my kids are going to be in school. Second of all, they'll be like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> Although one day, one day I do hope that, you know, I th- probably distance d- does not register with kids. Like 26 miles is a long way, hun. Like how about driving from here to grandmommy's house? Like think about it for a minute. But no, even if you just like set a goal to run a 5K and showing your your child that you can do that, I mean... It's all about the challenge. And whatever it is, whether it's running or cycling or learning something new, it doesn't even have to be, you know, physical exercise related. I just think it's important to write down a goal and say, this is what I'm trying to achieve and get there. Or even if, even if you set a goal and you don't achieve it, you know, being, being okay with that, I think there's a huge lesson there. Yes, huge. I did go into the expo on... Saturday, I had to go with Simon to pick up our bibs. And uh, the expo is full of like running stuff. Like it's just and thousands and thousands of people walking around buying gear and looking at um, booths and whatnot. And I felt like a total fraud in that place. <laughs> I was like, everybody in here knows that I'm not a runner. Oh my God. Everybody here knows that I don't run very well. Because these people are, you know, to to get into the Boston Marathon, not only do you have to qualify with a certain time, but even even if you do qualify, they only have a specific number of spots for people of a certain age. You may still not get in. And so these are real runners. And I had to, like, overcome that, like, I'm a total fraud complex and be like, you know what? I did this. I put in the work. I met this challenge. It's going to happen. And it's your your personal challenge mm-hmm. you know, I mean you you weren't running it to win it and that's not why you were there no you were there you know leading someone you were there with an organization I think that's it's all very personal everything about it is very personal I know or at least I think that's how you should that's how anybody should make it I think anytime you make your goal or any event like that about somebody else then you've lost that You've lost the message, I think. You've lost that love and feeling. That too, yes. <laughs> wow. It just, you, you paused there for a second, and I thought maybe I was supposed to finish that thought for it you. Was, it was perfect, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. No, yeah, so there's that's that's another running episode. Another running episode. and But and also then, not... But I have I have snagged you into the challenge, and you're gonna do this. It's gonna be amazing. And then afterwards, you're gonna 
you're going to understand what it feels like to to be 18 months pregnant. Yes, afterwards I will retire from my running career for good, probably without any toenails left. Mm -hmm. And that concludes this this running episode. Does that conclude it? I think that concludes it. I mean, you know, we always say that we're we're interested to hear from you guys, from the listeners, and as always, we are. I mean, if, and I think looking at it from the standpoint of setting a goal and achieving that goal and setting an example, if you have any examples, whether you've run a marathon or done something else or run a 5K or whatever, you know, we'd like to hear sort of how that has affected your kids. Or maybe maybe your kids are in their 20s now and you can, you're, you've been nodding your head the whole time like, yeah, it didn't make a difference, but now it does. We definitely would like to <laughs> Or those. you're thinking, or you're thinking... Little do they know, your kids will never appreciate you. <laughs> it will never matter. You can email us those too, and, and that will just help soften the blow when the time comes. But as always, you can reach us at stories at manicramblings.com or on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at manicramblings. And until next time... Until next time. Until next time. Until next time. Mm-hmm. Hopefully next time I won't be so bloated. Hopefully I won't have died. This could be like a serious condition, John. <laughs> Something is going on. It, it'll go down. It's a flesh wound. I'm not it's dead just a yet. flesh wound. <laughs> I'm not dead yet. <laughs> Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Thank you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.